So this week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll be talking to Andrew Orr. He's with the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com. A little bit later, we're going to hear from a hacker who hunts child predators by the name of Cat Murdoch. Really going to be an interesting show there. All this and more on the Tech Night Out Live. Andrew, welcome back to the show. We're glad to have you on, and we're going to keep you busy. You ready for that? I am. Thanks for having me, Gene. Okay, let's start with a story that it started with me with in a couple episodes we did with Brian Chaffin. And he suggests that he believes the Mac Pro, which is expected this year, is going to be Apple's first ARM processor-equipped Mac. Now, there have been other reports about ARM Macs that they could arrive by 2020, but one comes from Intel. Pray tell, what is that? Yeah, I thought this this was pretty interesting. So there was a website called Axios. They say that people from Intel privately told them, not publicly, but privately told them that they think our maps could arrive by 2020. But like you said, I think it, it could, it makes sense if the ARM chip came to the Mac Pro first, because maybe that could be a sneak peek for future Macs. And I think I'm in support of Apple moving to ARM just because Apple has already made faster chips than Intel can. Intel is still having some trouble with certain uh, nanometer size processes. So I think if Apple moved to ARM, they might be able to more easily map out their product development and maybe get Max out a bit faster. That, my friend, is a big issue because this is one of the reasons that Apple originally went to Intel from the Power PC. So there was a quote from Steve Jobs when asked about whether Apple would move away from the Power PC. He made a remark about always looking for other options. There were rumors before the 2005 announcement of the WWDC that Apple had a project going on that was testing Intel on the Mac OS. And of course, he revealed it. Yeah, he said that that's true. They announced the switch in 2005, saying it would take all of 2006 to switch over. By the summer, the Mac Pro came out with Intel chips. That was it. That was the migration. That's 2006. Now, we're here 13 years later, almost 13 years later, and Intel has hit a brick wall in making those tiny, tiny, tiny chips. Mm -hmm. Apple's doing 7 nanometers with their ARM-based chips. Intel can't get to 10. The improvement from one Intel chip to the next is very, very modest. So I could see from that standpoint. Also, Intel chips are costly. 
I thought, though, in the meantime, Apple might consider moving to AMD because they have comparable chips for less money. But now this yeah. announcement coming from Intel, hmm. Yeah, ARM chips are definitely more power efficient than Intel. And I'm not sure about uh, AMD. So I think ARM chips could be a benefit to Apple, especially if they create custom chips used for specific purposes. So if they did make an ARM chip for the Mac Pro, it would be this big, powerful, efficient processor that would be built specifically for the Mac Pro. I think the issue here is how well do those ARM chips scale up? Apple knows. Remember that the ARM chips used on an iPad or iPhone, they're dealing with a device that's very, very resource constrained. And for example, they're getting what performance advertised as as fast or faster than 92% of the notebook computers issued in that year where the new processors were announced. Now, that's in something, a tiny little device, an iPhone, an iPad. Imagine if that thing was put in a MacBook Pro or a Mac Pro where they could open it up, open up the floodgates. How well do these chips scale up? Apple knows. So it's conceivable if Apple can scale up those chips, they could really come out with incredible levels of performance. But there are considerations. But you see where I'm going so far? Yeah. You know, like you said, I don't know the specific numbers, but I have seen certain tests that people have done where they show the latest chip that Apple has called the A12X is as powerful as some laptop computers and maybe even desktop computers. So I think they're at the point where they're probably ready to make these chips in desktops aside from iPads and iPhones. Well, looking at the benchmarks, the Geekbench 4, my iMac, which is several years old, is not as powerful as the current iPhones, let alone the iPads. So I don't know. I feel left behind. I don't think so. It works pretty well. But I could see where Apple could do things. The question I have, though, is a very important value of Apple on Intel was the ability to provide virtualization of Windows at really, really good performance rates with Parallels and VMware, all right? And the boot camp feature where you can boot as a native Windows computer. Once you go to ARM, Apple will have to provide some kind of emulation layer, obviously, just as they do with the Intel for several years. And of course, when they went to PowerPC, they had to allow mm-hmm. applications done on the older processors to run with decent performance, which we assume Apple will do again. The question is, what happens with the virtual machines? Will they be able to get performance that is enough or sufficient to satisfy most users? Yeah, that's the other side of this, is the development part. Because this latest rumor about the ARM chips also ties into another rumor that we've seen recently where Apple is trying to figure out a way to let developers create one app that works on all platforms so they don't have to reuse the same programming. And from that perspective, I mean, I would imagine that they would provide some way to emulate these uh, apps because, I mean, that would just make it easier for developers. 
Well, we know they're going to do that. The question is, what do you lose in that? Now, if the chips are so much more powerful than Intel, then the loss may still leave it with pretty good performance. But that has to be a number one. Not so much on a MacBook or MacBook Pro, but on a Mac Pro, where that flexibility is required. Or will Apple offer two versions of the Mac Pro, one with an Intel Xeon, or allow you to equip it with an Intel Xeon, or with the ARM chip, give you a choice at the very beginning? Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense to me, to give people the option up front of an Intel chip or an ARM chip, because then that way they could give people a way to get used to an ARM chip and see how it compares with an Intel chip. And if enough people are satisfied, then I could see in the future it would just be ARM only and there would be no Intel option anymore. And consider this, Apple is now building its own graphics for the iPhone and the iPad. And you wonder here, is that going to be the beginning of bringing its graphics to the Mac platform? Then they won't need to worry about AMD, third parties, Mm -hmm. Intel's built-in graphics. What can they do? And there's an important point here, just very briefly to mention, Apple announced that the performance of the latest iPad Pro graphics are comparable to an Xbox. Andrew Orr of the Mac Observer coming here. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Pain in my neck, back, and shoulders has really gotten worse. Relief for body pain is here with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Well, the last thing I want is to take another pill. So what's so good about Sunny Bay Heating Pads? Sunny Bay Heating Pads, made by Biomed DB Design right here in the USA, come in all sizes. Our extra-large microwavable heating pad for back pain is designed to be large enough to cover your entire back. It's also perfect to wrap around your legs, knees, or shoulder and neck. But I need to know they're good quality. Of course, Sunny Bay heating pads and pillows are often an Amazon choice and it's easy and most affordable when you purchase your Sunny Bay heating pads right from our website sunshinepillows.com or call us 253-678-1361 Hey, a Sunny Bay heating pad would make a great gift, right? Yes, and they start at just $19.99 and free shipping is available. So call 253-678-1361 or shop for your Sunny Bay heating pad at sunshinepillows.com
This is George Norrie from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Anytime, any place, anywhere. Radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We have Andrew Orr of the Mac Observer where He's one of their associate editors. And we were talking about a story here where Intel reportedly, or has been talking about quietly amongst themselves from Axios, that they expect Apple to move to ARM by 2020. And then we have, of course, the two episodes on which Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer appeared, where he said he expects the Mac Pro to be the first ARM-based Mac. Now, let me ask you a question Personally, would you buy the first ARM-based Mac or give it a couple of generations? I think personally, I would probably wait a couple of generations. I mean, I certainly couldn't afford a Mac Pro, but if it ended up in MacBook, I would probably wait and see, I think, just to see how fast it is and how the bad real life is affected. But if, if these ARM chips work out for Apple, then... I would probably end up getting a MacBook in the future. Also bear in mind something too here. The ARM chips may run cooler. The ARM chips may use less power. But more important, they're going to cost a lot less. You realize in a Mac Pro, these Xeon chips can cost a couple of thousand dollars just by themselves. There's a 28-core Xeon that I saw at Newegg.com for like $10,000. 
28 core oh, wow. with a higher end memory controller. It might be cheaper now, but Intel Xeon chips are expensive, thousands of dollars. The regular core i7, i9 are hundreds of dollars. The cost of Apple's ARM chips could be a fraction of that. And what that means is Apple can keep the same margins and sell Macs for much less money. Yeah, I think that would be great, especially since, you know, we've been hearing that people are upset that the 2018 iPhones are a bit more expensive. I think if they came out with a Mac Pro that was more affordable, that might go a long way towards damage control and uh, improving Apple's reputation again. Let me just tell you that I went to Newegg.com. I picked the first Intel chip I could see. Intel Scalable Platinum 8160 Skylake 24. 24 cores, 2.1 gigahertz with 3.7 gigahertz turbo. Okay? Server processor. All right? $5,046. The first one I selected. I just clicked at random. It was the first one listed on there. Uh, They have also a 26 core. Let's see what that sells for. 26 core, $6,418. That, ladies and gentlemen, is just the chip. Just the chip. All right? And I'm looking here to see if I can find 28 core. I'm I'm looking for a 28 core. 28 core. Here's one for $5,000. Let's see if there's another 28 core. I'm pointing out here five, six thousand dollars just for the chip. And remember, Apple pays less. Apple buys them, you know, tens of thousands. You want to buy one chip from Newegg, it's five, six thousand dollars. Maybe Apple pays three or four. I don't know, but they have to mark that up when they upgrade your processor and your computer. Yeah, I wonder if Apple would release maybe two two like categories of arm chips where they have the consumer ones which are the ones that we would see in the mac pro and then maybe they could release an enterprise level one where it could be the 20 26 28 core that you see with intel and maybe that's that would be a way for them to get back the money they might lose in the consumer side I don't think Apple ever loses money. But let me tell you this. I went to Apple's site to customize an iMac Pro. Now, remember, this iMac Pro came out in the end of 2017. hasn't been updated. If you want to go from the basic 8-core Intel Xeon W processor, which is their lower-cost Xeon, to the 18-core, it adds $2,400 to the purchase price. And that, again, is the more energy-efficient, lower-cost Xeon. $2,400 $2,400 from 8-core to 18-core. So imagine if Apple can offer an 8-core ARM processor and go to 18-core for $1,000. Hmm. Yeah, that would definitely give them an edge, I think, and be able to compete in that space. Now, remember, Apple's products are traditionally regarded as too expensive. The fact of the matter is that Apple's margins are consistent, which means when they increase the price, they are not making more money. So there you go. Anyway, I guess we'll have to see what happens. I'm not going to put odds on this. Brian made his point of view. Andrew is not saying anything contradictory. He's simply quoting what 
was reported about Intel. Intel knows, you know, they know what Apple's going to do because Apple has to place orders for new chips probably several years in advance, I would think. Would that be correct? Yeah, I would think so. They would have to plan ahead for future products. So Intel knows when Apple's going to cut back. All right. Anyway, there we go. ARM base max coming. I think it's inevitable. I think the biggest thing here is the compatibility layer with Intel, bringing up the performance so older apps don't really suffer, and virtualization is still efficient. There we go. All right. We know, for example, that 5G service is rolling out. That's the highest speed wireless service. Verizon's offering a preliminary version that, you know, you get good performance with a wireless connection in your home for maybe $50 or so. But, of course, we always have wacky things coming from certain people in our government. So now Trump wants 6G. Donald Trump, President Donald Trump of the United States of America wants 6G. Andrew, what's going on here? Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, Trump tweeted that the other day where I think he was talking about maybe the trade war with China, and he says that American companies need to be a bit more competitive. But here we are, you know, we're still at 4G LTE. 5G, we're only just hearing about it, and it's still going to take a long time to fully roll out. And he's he tweeted saying that, he wants 5G already in order to be more innovative, which I thought was kind of funny. Mm. Well, we can always have 10G. How about that, folks? It's not 5G or 6G. It's 10G. It's coming tomorrow. 10G to an imagination near you. Well, you know, maybe in the 23rd century, where they have, they have with Warp Drive, they have 24G. You know, that's what the Star Trek people use, 24G. Can you believe that? We have Andrew Orr. He's with the Mac Observer as an associate editor. I'm Gene Steinberg, and I want to tell you that if you go to plus.technightowl.com, you'll learn how to get Tech Night Owl Plus. Check it out. This is the Tech Night Owl Live. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. 
The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Attorney Michael Avenatti says it's outrageous that singer R. Kelly's attorney claims that four accusers are lying about them being sexually abused. Avenatti represents two of Kelly's alleged victims and has given prosecutors new video evidence that shows Kelly having sex with an underage girl. The charges involve multiple forced sex acts. Three of the four women were underage teenagers when the alleged abuse happened. Between May 1, 2009 and January 31, 2010, the victim had vaginal and oral sex with Robert Kelly multiple times. At times, Robert Kelly would spit on her, slap her in the face, and choke her. Kelly, who is 52 years old, turned him into police on Friday night. His bail has been set at a million dollars. You're listening to USA Radio News. Imagine waking up tomorrow and being 20 pounds lighter. What would that do for you? How much better would you feel? Now, we all know that overnight weight loss is not realistic or safe, but if you're taking Calitrin, it can be that easy. Take Calitrin once a day and you can lose weight and feel better. Just listen to what people are saying about it. Hi, this is Brenda from Ohio. Calitrin has worked miracles for me. I lost 50 pounds. Hi, I'm Alex. Been on Calitrin now for a little while and lost 40 pounds. Went to a size 42 and never felt better in my life. Hello, my name is Joyce and I am from Texas. I've used Calitrin for a while and I I've lost 61 pounds. I've gone from a size 24 to a size 16. It makes my sister-in-law jealous. It really works. When you give Calitrin 90 days to work, it has a huge 86% success rate. If you want weight loss with real lasting results, visit TopLoss.com for more information or call 833-TOP-LOSS. That's 833-TOP-LOSS or TopLoss.com. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no obligation quote. 1-800-919-5435. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-919-5435. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-919-5435. 1-800-919-5435. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next.
Andrew Orr of the Mac Observer is joining us, and we're having a good time here talking first about Apple going to ARM processors, Donald Trump talking about 6G, but really he's talking through his hat here. He has no clue, whatever. I'm not insulting the guy, okay? No clue about any of this. It's just words to him. You agree? Yeah, I definitely agree. And you mentioned before, why don't we just call it 10G? T-Mobile did that um, as a joke, of course. Um, when AT&T announced that they were, they, they changed something on their end where they were calling it 5G, even though it wasn't actually 5G, but they just did it for marketing purposes. So the CEO of T-Mobile tweeted a picture of his phone with a post-it note on it that said 10G. Ah, 20G, you know? That's why I think it is right there, 20G. Let's move on to some other topics with Andrew Orr. So you wrote an article here, What Apple Others Want for Data Privacy Rules. Now, we talk about this because largely Facebook. I mean, Facebook is the enemy when it comes to privacy these days, even more so than Google. Google is good in comparison. So what's going on here? Yeah, so this is an article that basically summarized what companies want when it comes to data privacy, because there's a lot of talk about maybe America could have its own version of GDPR. And so this article was certain things that Apple wants and then certain things that what this group called the Internet Association wants. And it's a group that represents companies like Google and Facebook and Amazon and I think Microsoft as well. I don't think Apple is a part of it. And so Tim Cook had this interview, it might have been last month, where he or he wrote an article in Time where he talks about maybe we should have this, what's called the data broker clearinghouse, where companies that deal with uh, our data would have to register with the FTC and would make it easy for people to track who buys their data and where it's going, you know, just add a little bit more transparency to the process. Speaking of transparency, that's another thing Apple wants, access and transparency. So people should be able to easily access their data and they can correct it or delete it. And another thing that Apple wants is they challenge other companies to minimize data collection. So what they mean by that is companies should move uh, remove any identifying information from the data that co- that they collect, or maybe they just shouldn't collect data at all. That takes us to another article you wrote here. Facebook shuts down Onavo or Onavo spyware, we think. I see where you have a, a cautionary note there. What's that about? Yeah, so a while ago, I think it was a, maybe a couple of years ago, uh, Facebook had re- or talked about this app called Onavo, and it was a VPN. But what they didn't tell people was that they were using this VPN to basically collect everything that people search for online and what they did in their apps. There was some controversy last month because they basically renamed the Onava app into this research app they were doing. And they 
they did the same thing where they just collected people's data that were used in it. And so Apple revoked the enterprise certificate that Facebook was using for, I think, a couple of days. There was, you know, this big storm in the media about it. And then today, Facebook announced that they were finally shutting down the Onava app for good. But given Facebook's track record, I personally take whatever they say with grain of salt. And so I was just telling people, hey, this is what Facebook is doing, but I guess we'll find out if what if they're actually going to be removing it or not. I think if Facebook is fined for its privacy indiscretions, maybe something will happen. I don't believe it, though. But then the focus on Facebook has to be good. We need more of it. Yeah, I think so. And um, there was some other news that it, it sounds like the FTC might be trying to find Facebook, but they're negotiating with Facebook on what that ultimate fine will be. But from what I had read, it sounds like it would be in the billions of dollars which I think is good because uh, a couple months ago, Google was fined under the GDPR, but I think it was only, you know, $50 million, which is a drop in the bucket when it comes to these huge companies. So personally, I think the only way that these companies are going to change their ways if the fine is big enough to where they're, they're forced to pay attention with a place like Facebook, that's a few billion dollars. Nothing, nothing is going to influence them less than that, I don't think. Yeah. That's where it goes. Now, speaking of things related to privacy, I don't know, don't know if it is or not. I had an article over at Mac Observer on Thursday the 21st. American companies help China with DNA collection. Now, I understand, you know, many reasons it's used, especially in law enforcement. But I always worry when they make deals with China. What's going on? Yeah, so apparently there was this company called Thermo Fisher. And it was a, uh, a company that deals in genetics and DNA. And one of the scientists behind it said that he they had sold genetic data or technology to Chinese companies, but they didn't know how that technology was going to be used. And apparently China's using it to collect in, uh, collect the DNA from their citizens into this centralized database. I think just as a way to track them, surveil them and, you know, keep tabs on where they go and what they're doing. Well, what I should do, by the way, is maybe someday put the money together and go to 23andMe or one of those sites and get my own DNA and see what the heck's going on. Yeah, I mean, I think your DNA, it's, it's useful information to have because I don't, I'm not sure if we have the technology to do this now, but you could create personalized medicine where doctors could use your DNA to create special medicine that works the best for you. But the problem, of course, is just all these technology 
and these companies that sell your DNA to insurance companies and try to use it against you. So it's really tough to find out what uh, which good company there's on, there are. It would require people volunteering to allow their DNA to be tested. But it certainly makes sense to me. What do you think? Um, sorry. Um, yeah. Like, uh, I, I think the price of DNA collection, like studying the genome has lowered over the past probably decade, I think. So I think it's definitely interesting. I think we'll have to see just how loud those things turn out. Anyway, we've got a few more segments to spend with Andrew Orr of the Mac Observer. And a little bit later, we're going to talk to that woman who is a hacker searching for child predators, Kat Murdoch. It may seem to be a bit off the beaten track for this show, but it is technology-related because they're dealing with websites and chatting and all that stuff. More to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-213-9264 Call right now before it's too late. 800-213-9264 Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10 years shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. 
wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. Now, speaking of child predator rings, and this is not just watching all this stuff on Law & Order SVU. Okay, this is like reality and a very frightening reality. So you have an article here about breaking up a child predator ring at YouTube. What was that about? Yeah, so this has been going on for the past couple of days. It started when this guy, I think his name was Mark Watson. He had published a video on YouTube showing how certain people were commenting on kid uh, videos that kids uploaded and he calls it the softcore pedophilia ring and he said that because of the way youtube works you know you could find these videos very easily like you don't even have to search for you know young girl videos or whatever you could you could find these videos on any video and he said it took, I think, less than 10 minutes for him to do this. Now, I didn't watch his video because, you know, this made me kind of queasy to, you know, research and write about. But YouTube was found out about this because their algorithms were, once you were watching the videos, YouTube algor- algorithms would suggest similar videos. And that, that's the problem. And a bunch of advertisers removed their ads from YouTube over this because their ads were shown alongside these videos. And so YouTube did this investigation and they reported these comments and they removed over 400 channels. So it's some pretty big stuff. 
With YouTube, we've had issues with the PowerCast channel, and I think other smaller operators do, where YouTube is doing everything it can to reduce the way or the ability to monetize unless you're a huge company. I don't like that either. So, again, I'm not happy about it. All right? Anyway, yeah. why I ask you, speaking of privacy, story that the Nest Secure Smart Home Hub, and that's a alphabet google product has had a secret microphone in it now nest that was done by the guy who originally worked on the ipod right yeah i think his name was tony fidel he was or maybe someone else but he was a big he was the guy uh, yes okay yeah i think he co-founded nest and google eventually bought it and now we find out that a Nest product, the Nest Secure, which acts as a, a home or a hub for your smart home devices. Apparently, it has had a secret microphone, and Google didn't tell us about it, which is pretty big, I think. Just an inconvenient truth. Sounds like the name of a movie. This is an error? <laughs> this is an error, according to the Business Insider? Really, an error. Yeah, it... Um, a Google spokesperson said it was an error, and they said the the microphone was never supposed to be a secret and should have been listed alongside the product specifications, but apparently never did. And so now they're just saying it was an error on our part, and we're sorry for doing this. I understand when it comes to something like the group FaceTime bug with Apple. Things happen, and things got screwed up. I understand that. It makes a lot of sense. But in a case like this, you know, it's not such a simple mistake, especially when you hear these things going on. Wasn't there something involving Amazon Alexa some time ago where a conversation was recorded and sent to a user's friend on a contact list? Oh, that was an error, too. Yeah, I remember that story. Uh, This couple, Amazon Alexa, had apparently recorded some or all of their conversation and automatically uh, texted it to their entire contact list. And, you know, Amazon said the same thing. It was just a bug. It was an error. And this shouldn't happen. But on the the not bug side, there has also been cases where Amazon Alexa recordings have been used in police investigation cases. We understand the positive value. I mean, Apple has used iCloud data working with law enforcement authorities. That's different than pulling data off your iPhone or your iPad, which is encrypted. This is Mm -hmm. iCloud, and they get a subpoena. And they'll release that information. They, you know, have to. I mean, if you have something up there that some law enforcement authority is going to send a subpoena to recover, you have a lot more problems than worrying about that privacy you need to hire a lawyer. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think there is a, a, a difference between having this device do it secretly without your knowledge and having the police 
lawfully being able to access this. I think it's good if they can do that. I mean, that's just part of the law. But yeah, um, Brian shares my opinion where we're both uncomfortable with these smart home devices and we would probably never have one in our own home. Again, I don't worry about the law. I just worry about what would have happened if Apple created a backdoor and then they deal with China. Speaking of China, I wanted to mention this here. You have an article where Apple and Alipay launched China iPhone deal. Now, this follows the report that iPhone sales kind of tanked in the last quarter in China. And we know there's a trade wars and other conditions that might require that. Apple supposedly was going to look at pricing overseas where the exchange rate is not favorable. There was a report in Apple Insider, Andrew, that maybe you didn't see, where they said when Apple had a special deal with some dealers in China, sales went really up. Now, what you're talking about here is some way to finance an iPhone purchase. I guess it's not so easy there. It's common in the U.S. You know, you have every provider and even some of the prepaid the po- the prepaid providers offer a way to finance your phone so this wasn't really something available in china that much yeah i'm not really sure how it works over there but um this is just a financing offer similar to what we have here so from what it sounds like it would be chinese people being able to uh, finance an iPhone, it sounds like, for $30 a month. And it, they specifically mentioned the iPhone XR and the iPhone 8 because iPhone sales have been kind of lagging in China. So Apple is hoping that maybe this will boost sales a bit. Well, if it's the report in Apple Insider was true, that happened already with adjusting prices. And I guess Apple also hopes that they sell more product. The cost of building each one is a little bit less, but they have to sacrifice it. They can't have 38% margins on anything. But haven't you heard reports that Apple sells things like the Apple TV at about the cost and the HomePod for less than it costs to produce? What have you heard about that? Yeah, actually, I heard that recently. I think uh, we were talking about this um, on one of our own podcasts, which I thought was surprising that, you know, the Apple TV is apparently sold at or close to cost, and the the HomePod is, it sounds like Apple is might be losing money on that. So it's not something new for Apple. They just have to figure out whether, like, how to how soon should they change the prices because it sounds like most of what they're doing about prices is in other countries and although they have this iphone 10r deal right now in the u.s i don't think they have changed prices here too much what apple is doing is pushing trade-ins you'll notice on their site they say you can get the iphones 10 the various series for as little as and how do you get that price got trade in your older gear? And the more recent that gear is, the higher of the trade-in value. But if you own your iPhone, uh, iPhone now, you can go to one of these sites, like it's worthmore.com, and price it out 
and see what they'll pay you to buy it. And that might make sense, depending on how you finance your purchase. Anyway, case, we've got Andrew Orr of the Mac Observer. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Many people believe they don't control their own destiny. Let them continue just getting by while you make the choice to do something about your future. Imagine working from home, earning the income you deserve. Just visit startlivingyoung.com and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Discover Juness, a state-of-the-art global health company with over a billion a year in sales. They'll provide all the tools you need to succeed. Visit startlivingyoung.com today and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Your destiny awaits at startlivingyoung.com. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug outhouse that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Andrew Orr rejoins us on the Tech Night Owl Live as we focus on a lot of interesting things that are happening in the world of technology, not just the Apple universe, but quite a few. Going to ask you a question here as we go to a story. Do you have an Apple TV? Um, actually, I don't. Specific reason why, or just so you didn't want to pay $179? Not really a specific reason. I just, I usually watch, you know, Netflix or videos on my iPad or Mac. So I don't really have a TV, actually. You don't have a TV. You know, no. my son doesn't either, by the way. My son just turned 33. Happy birthday to Grayson. And he has his MacBook Air. And he has also this very cheap tablet from Amazon, one of those fire tablets. And he watches Netflix. That's his TV set. Now, if you think that's crazy, most of you weren't alive. 
But in the late 40s and early 50s, it was common for a TV to have like a 10-inch screen. The family would sit on easy chairs or sofas and look at their favorite shows across the room on a 10-inch screen. So close up with an iPad or any other tablet watching Netflix is not so strange as you think. I'm, I'm on your side, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's kind of funny how we're kind of going back to how it was in the past. And some people didn't even have a TV. They just listened to the radio. As we radio broadcasters say, radio is the theater of the mind. And remember, the mind's a terrible thing to waste. That's a very, very stupid way of putting it. But really, what they would do with radio is you couldn't have the picture, so they describe something like, what is that object behind the rock to, to the left of me? They would use descriptions in the dialogue to paint a picture. Or the announcer would read something that came across like a simple novel to give you a verbal picture of what's going on. Anyway, Apple TV's story you ran, that Charter Spectrum TV Essentials app is coming to Apple TV. Now, is this part, and I'm wondering here, of more and more of these services using Apple TV instead of the set-top boxes? Obviously, DirecTV Now offer an Apple TV for a while. If you pay for three months at $35 a month, you get an Apple TV worth $179. Don't know if that offer is still in effect. But is this also a way for Apple to work with the cable and satellite providers to get more product out there? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Apple is working with certain companies to have the Apple TV be the set-top box instead of the company's own box. And when it comes to to the content, I think Apple wants to do something similar to what Amazon is doing, where they would just make it easier to have all these different channels on the Apple TV through their respective apps, like what Charter is doing. And then people would just have to subscribe once, what they call zero sign-on, which would log them in automatically. I think Apple just wants to make it easier for customers. Now, Apple is also licensing. This came out of the CES, where Apple never attends. Licensing AirPlay 2 to major TV makers, Vizio, LG, Samsung, Sony, not TCL, which offers Roku interface. So AirPlay 2, licensed to the major TV manufacturers of the most volume. And I don't know if it's going to be on all the smart TVs, but Samsung is announcing iTunes, which means you won't need an Apple TV to get your Apple content. Your TV's smart system will take care of it. So Apple is providing the services where the real money comes without needing to worry about selling a hardware product. Yeah, I think it's definitely interesting that Apple is pushing its content on other platforms. And I think this probably has to do with them trying to improve their services because right now they're just focused on hardware and software. 
And now all the focus is on services because they're not making as much money as everyone thought they would. So I think being able to have an AirPlay 2 and iTunes and other platforms is, I, I think, personally, I think that's a really good idea for Apple. Well, of course, they make more money from services and make Apple services prominent in all new TVs. And some of those TVs, by the way, the update can be retrofitted to older models. So maybe a year or two back, you can do it. So soon, tens of millions of TV sets will offer, including their smart TV feature, an Apple interface with iTunes, AirPlay 2, so you can cast your content from your Mac, iPhone, and iPad to your TV set, which makes things really, really interesting. I guess also as the prelude to Apple's TV service. Now, I know that Mac Observer has been keeping tabs on the reports of new shows. Anything updated on that front? Um, Yeah, I have an Apple TV guide that I keep updated I haven't heard anything in maybe a month about any new uh, TV shows that might be coming. So my assumption is that maybe we're at the end of Apple's efforts and that might be a sign that we're getting close to an, an announcement because Apple has a keynote coming up in March. I think the rumor is March 25th. And that's when people think that they're going to announce their streaming service, their streaming video service, and also their Apple News subscription service. And another rumor that ties into this that I had heard is that the the app that is coming to smart TVs, like the Samsung TV, I think they're just calling it iTunes Movies and TV Shows. But I had heard that maybe that is just a kind of a placeholder name for Apple's streaming TV service. And maybe it'll, maybe it'll be called Apple Video or Apple Movies or something else. I wonder how Apple's going to do this. I don't think they have enough content to charge for a streaming service. But even if Apple does that, would they offer something like news, music, and TV in one package? or use the TV shows as an incentive to sign up with other stuff. Yeah, I've heard so many different things that some people say the Apple video service will be free. Other people say maybe it'll cost $10 a month or $15 a month. And then there's also people talking about what they're calling Apple Prime, which is maybe they'll sell all their subscriptions into one bundle. So I'm pretty interested to see what happens. Yeah, I think that's going to be the mystery, how Apple's going to market these TV shows. I should say, though, most of the shows do not in any way interest me. But that's just me. You may find that some kind of new comedy, drama, whatever, with Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston, I think Steve Carell is going to be involved in that. That will be a compelling TV show, a must-see. You might think that Resurrecting Amazing Stories, a show produced by Steven Spielberg that lasted for two seasons on NBC, that that's something you'd like to see brought back. 
Maybe Ronald D. Moore's sci-fi series is something that you'd like to see because he has, obviously, a reputation for high quality. Battlestar Galactica, for example. So this promise. But then again, with any TV service, Netflix, most of the shows don't interest me, but some people love a lot of them. Andrew Orr of the Mac Observer. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Heart disease is on the rise. Clogged arteries, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol levels may not be fully detected by you, but the symptoms are there. Loss of energy, blood sugar spikes and drops, poor circulation, and irregular heartbeat are just a few of these that can alert you that something is wrong. Hear how heart and body extract is making a difference in thousands of people's lives across America. My blood pressure has normalized. My diabetes has totally improved. Everyone is telling me now how much healthier I look, and I'm telling everyone how much healthier I feel. I recommend heart and body extract to everyone. Anybody over 40 in the North American continent should be using this product as a preventative to keep their cardiovascular system healthy. Order your two-month supply today by calling 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. Or order online, hbextract.com. Heart and body extract, 866-295-5305. Or hbextract.com. Homemakers, groceries by mail ships free. Try our amazing bacon. It stores in your pantry. No refrigeration required. Our value-added packaging provides a 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Always price less than grocery for your everyday use. Savory and delicious. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do 
do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Our final segment in our visit with Andrew Orr. This time out, he's with Mac Observer at MacObserver.com, works with Brian Chaffin and the rest of the crew. Why to ask you here? We always hear about how people, professional reporters, professionals in business use Apple gear. Like Steven Soderbergh used iPhones to shoot pictures on them, which is really interesting. And I wonder when you see the films, how different they seem. All right. You mentioned here that one of the key New York Times reporters is using Apple Notes on her job. Yeah, I personally love hearing how people use technology in their personal life and how they use it in their job. This was a reporter that wrote this article just explaining what she uses and how she uses it. And what I thought was kind of funny was you know, she is a big user of Apple Notes. Instead of the traditional pen and paper that journalists use, she just types it on her phone in Apple Notes. And I think she mentioned that some people were like a little freaked out by this because she was typing on her phone really fast and not even looking at the phone. She was still looking at them while typing. So I thought that was pretty cool to, to read. It's also easier to copy and paste, like copy somebody's quote or something that you caught in notes. So I could see that being interesting. Want to talk about one more topic. Yeah. All right. The right to repair. All right. And this is a, what, a blog entry or something from somebody at iFixit advocating the right to repair devices. And this brings back, you know, situations involving Apple gear, for example, where Apple's not going to sell unless you're an authorized dealer. Obviously, they sell to their own Apple stores. They won't provide the diagnostic tools you need to, say, refit a display in your iPhone or an iPad. What is your perception of right to repair? You know, I'm kind of conflicted. I think it's good that uh, people can take apart their devices and fix them or change them in certain ways. 
but I think it could also be kind of a security risk. As I mentioned in my article, you know, if your devices are easy for the good guys to take apart, then it's also easy for the bad guys to take apart. In college, I took some uh, computer security class, so I guess our professor made us kind of paranoid in that respect. But I was saying, yeah, maybe a some bad guy could take apart your device, put some what what's called a hardware implant to you know spy on you, whatever. But yeah, uh, I has doing this campaign where they think it's good that people would, should be able to do this, and they're advocating for certain legislation to be put in place to support this. Well, in terms of anything else, obviously if a dealer is doing something that Apple doesn't approve of in terms of providing repairs, Apple can refuse to sell to them. That's one thing. And the reason I bring this up in comparison is look at the automobile industry. I have a Volkswagen, not an expensive car, the cheapest they sell, not the newest one. I don't have to go to a Volkswagen dealer to get that thing serviced. I can go to a third-party dealer. He can buy parts directly from a dealer. So a dealer will sell to anyone. You want parts? Go to the parts department and your car dealer will sell to you. Whatever the price is, they will sell that part to you. They're not going to say you're not authorized. A third-party shop can repair your car, can maintain your car. And as far as having a car that is fully functional, getting proper treatment, well, it's like any other business. You go to a mechanic with a good reputation for honesty. If they do the right job, then you don't have to worry about things like that. If they don't do the right job, well, obviously that makes sense. You don't deal with them anymore. And Mm -hmm. I think I see no reason why technology can't be the same thing. If a dealer can't do good work, they go out of business. Yeah, um, price is probably the biggest reason why a person would try to repair their device or go to a third party. Uh, One argument that I had read that someone put forth was that one reason that Apple might be not wanting right to repair is because if a person, you know, takes apart their device and it doesn't work, they might blame Apple and sue Apple for it. So it might just be Apple trying to protect itself. Yeah, but if Apple didn't fix that product, the only recourse they'd have is if Apple's parts were defective. If the parts were not installed correctly, how could Apple be responsible? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, another reason I think is that um, if devices were easily repairable, then Apple wouldn't be able to make them as, you know, thin and light as they were anymore. So I think that's probably another reason. So I, I guess what I'm saying is, I guess I'm kind of on the fence about this. Well, it comes to the same thing. If someone has the skills to make these repairs, if Apple provides the manuals and a dealer buys the manuals at cost, buys the parts at cost, I don't think Apple has anything to lose. If a dealer is incompetent, well, you don't blame them. What if the car mechanic fixes your Ford and he doesn't put in the fuel injector properly or whatever it is, the alternator? It doesn't work. Do you call Ford and say, I'm going to sue you because it wasn't replaced properly? If the part 
is defective, one thing. If the repair is defective, go back to the shop who did it for you and deal with them. I mean, we have experience for this in years, getting a TV set repaired, even if it isn't so easy anymore. Getting anything fixed, you shouldn't have to deal with an authorized shop or Apple. Apple could still say, you know, you'll do better with an authorized shop. They have special guarantees, offer a better incentive, whatever it is. But that's up to the consumer. The consumer has to have that. And I think Apple, in the end, could be forced, kicking and screaming to do that by lawsuits. Yeah, I think the whole thing is interesting. Um, I think Apple is kind of might be partnering with John Deere because John Deere is another company against right to repair because on their tractors, they have this special software that they don't allow people to fix it themselves. They, they send out, you know, one of their special repair technicians. So we're seeing this not only with Apple, with, but with other companies too. Andrew Orr, please tell our listeners, if we want to know more of what you do, where do we go? Um, you can find me on Twitter. That's where I'm usually at. Um, my Twitter username is Andrew or not. That is O-R-N-O-T. Of course, the MacObserver.com. Andrew, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNlife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNlife.com. Anytime, any place, anywhere. Radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Special counsel Robert Mueller's team tells a federal judge because former campaign chief Paul Manafort repeatedly lied, they don't recommend leniency when he is sentenced next month. The sentencing memo describes years of criminal behavior. He lied and misled his bookkeepers and lawyers. He also lied to members of Congress, the special counsel, and the grand jury. And he misled members of the Trump administration. Venezuelan National Guard fired tear gas and rubber bullets at protesters trying to free up emergency food and medicine at the country's border. When a group of activists tried to get three flatbed trucks with humanitarian supplies into Venezuela, guardsmen set the trucks on fire. At a rally in Caracas, President Nicolas Maduro threatened the United States, saying if it attacks, 
his army will retaliate. You're listening to USA Radio News. Money, 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 money. You gotta have it. When you need it, what do you do? If you don't have a rich uncle, call Lending Tree. With us, hundreds of banks compete for your business. So you'll get loans with competitive interest rates, and in some cases, with no closing costs. So here's the deal. If you need money, call us. Do you want to refinance your current loan? Are you 62 or older and interested in a reverse mortgage? Then call Lending Tree now. 800-634-1315. 800-634-1315. We've closed over $250 billion in loans. We know what we're doing and can help you. Call right now for a free quote. 800-634-1315 That's 800-634-1315 NMLS number 1136 Individuals and businesses with tax problems listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-301-5435. That's 800-301-5435. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. In the second half of the show, we're proud to welcome a new guest on the show, Kat Murdoch, who is a hacker. Who hunts <laughs> child predators? That's what it says here. I got the blurb <laughs> that says that, and you're an investigator with the Innocent Lives Foundation. But when someone uses the H word, yeah, <laughs> can you tell us, Kat, about your background? Um, I can tell you a little bit about my background. Um, professionally, I actually do something called penetration testing and red teaming. So we essentially look at companies' networks for potential vulnerabilities, and the company pays us to do this. It's all very much within a defined scope. We make, you know, we attempt to essentially be the bad guys and see where the vulnerabilities on our network lie and whether or not we can infiltrate depending on how deep they want us to dig. Um, we do particularly use uh, so something called social engineering skill sets, uh, which involve a lot of interpersonal skills. So we very much believe in technology as the whole system, both the hardware and the wetware and where. So, you know, we really focus on the wetware and how people operate. And so that's what I do in my profession world. Uh, my background is a little bit more based in like security policy before I went to the more red teaming side. Um, and I worked for some financial institutions back in the day. But now I do predominantly, we can definitely call it hacking, but <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's on the white hatted side. So we're doing it 
within the scope of whatever company wants us to do to make sure we can help bolster their security and their security awareness training. So how did you get started at the very beginning? Did you wake up one day as a teenager and said, I want to be able to do this kind of thing, work with security and hacking? Um, honestly, no. My background is really uh, roundabout. And I think that the one the one commonality in it is that I enjoy looking for where logic breaks down. So in a security sense and in a computer sense, you know, computers use logical programming currently to work. So I find it really fascinating when those things have holes in them. And quite frankly, humans can be in human interaction with these systems can be the biggest area for holes to occur. So I really like to see and test where processes break down. And my, my academic background was actually in public policy. And I did some technology policy and then journalism policy, just because that was interesting to me at the time. <laughs> well, I was thinking here, if you're going to tear down logic, find logical holes. I can think of a location yeah. in this country called Washington, D.C., <laughs> where you can spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And you yeah. know what I'm talking about. You'll never, ever, ever get to the bottom of it. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I like to work with holes that I know I can help people solve problems around. And I don't know that I'm equipped to solve any or all of those problems. <laughs> Definitely not all, maybe some. <laughs> Let's like, but, take yeah, a look. So that's a little bit more of my background. Yeah. Well, it definitely gets us started and we get a sense of who you are. I wanted, of course, to talk to you about something called the Innocent Lives Foundation. Now, just to give you an answer here, when I first heard of it, I wasn't thinking of the Criminal Minds TV show. I was thinking of Law & Order SVU. You're familiar with that show? Yes, I am very familiar. Okay. So that's where an example... The big emphasis there is on sexual crimes, right? abusive things. And every so often, quite often, they get into things that relate to abusing children, child porn, and everything. How accurate does a show like that, and you said you're very familiar with it, how accurate does a show like that rip from the headlines show reality? Um, well, so I think you're bringing a few things together here, you know, the show and then the headlines and then reality, which are three very different buckets. I, I, I'm familiar with the show Law & Order SVU. I am not intimately familiar with how they develop their plot lines. Um, and I can't directly say that, you know, this is exactly like something I've seen we deal with, you know, I'm sure we'll get into a little bit more about what the foundation does, but we deal a little bit more with the knowledge of the of how to find the predators rather than what happened to the victims. So I really can't speak too much on how SVU is creating their storylines or their plot lines. I'm sure they are inspired by some headlines. Um, but honestly, like the foundation, we work separate from the headlines largely. We just are honestly in this to help solve a large societal problem. And we are not, um, you will never hear about us in the headlines if we're doing our jobs properly. It will never hit the headlines and won't be a plot line on a TV show. Well, I mean, I don't like, so, well, what we do is we do research and then we hand our research over to the appropriate law enforcement agencies and then they get the headline credit. 
So, you know, maybe we're background contributors, but you're never going to see like the Innocent Lives Foundation did X, Y, or Z. Um, we're not a vigilante group and we're not looking for any credit in that regard. So we may work on a case that you see a headline about, but you would never know it's us. So can you give us the background of this organization? How did it come to be? Absolutely. So it actually came out of some of our professional work um, and our social engineering work and penetration testing. Essentially, we were inspired to make sure that uh, we found a connection in a in some professional work we were doing to a, to um, some relatively egregious actions on the behalf of a predator, and we wound up being very inspired to start using our quote unquote hacker skills to you know for good it's it's amazing like a lot of times hackers have this you know we we sit in basements with dark hoodies on and we code in in the night <laughs> and that's not really what it's about and so the innocent lives foundation came up came around because there's this opportunity to utilize social engineering skills, um, something we call open source intelligence, which is essentially online investigation and research um, using our technical knowledge to build bodies of evidence around potential predators. And if there is something, um, if there's something worthwhile, we find the appropriate law enforcement contact. We work closely with branches, many branches, and we hand that over to Ben. So we are just, in, well, many of us are parents, and we're just really inspired to try and help make the world better for our children and future generations. And so we really want to use our hacker skills and our um, problem-solving mindset to make the internet and the world a safer place for our kids and everyone's kids. And so that's really where the Innocent Lives Foundation grew out of. Does that answer your question? Just a personal question you don't have to answer. Do you have children of your own? I am a parent. Um, I am a parent, yes. I, she, I, I, I married into being a parent. <laughs> All right. So obviously there'd be a personal interest. I remember, you know, when I was a kid and when my son was very young, and this is, he was born in 1986, so it's early in the internet being such a popular force. You tell your kids, don't talk to strangers. And that's very easy when there's a physical person over there. And they mm -hmm. could see that person is much older than they are. That's an adult. And if you don't know who that person is, don't talk to them. Mm -hmm. Don't go in the car, though sometimes there are ways of persuading them to do that. But in this world where everybody is interconnected, where there are security leaks up the kazoo, if you get my point, mm -hmm. Facebook and everywhere else, it's a dangerous world out there. Yes. It's like the theme song for the TV show Monk. It's a jungle out there. With the uh, lyrics yeah. of that song, if you ever saw it, it's yeah. more than a jungle. So how do you it cope? Is. And we're going to break in about 40 seconds and maybe get started with that. How can you cope with the complexity of this world? It's really hard. And honestly, myself growing up, I kind of grew up with the internet. Um, and I was absolutely in some like AOL chat rooms at a very early age that I should not have been in. And in retrospect, was absolutely interacting with the stranger danger people that we're going to speak more about on this episode. And it is terrifying, but there are ways that parents can absolutely help and we can take control back a little bit um, in this, you know, very terrifying extra jungle, <laughs> if you will. So yes. hope we can dive into some of those, those techniques as well. We'll dive into it in our next segment. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Owl Live. 
Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Detoxify, lose weight, and restore balance to your body by simply drinking tea. Surprised? Dr. Miller's Holy Tea can help you feel better and even lose weight because Holy Tea is a unique herbal tea blend of all natural ingredients specially formulated by Dr. Bill Miller. Call this number, 888-660-7039 or click drmillersclinic.com. Take the first step toward better health. Drink tea from Dr. Miller's Clinic. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now 800-503-8625 800-503-8625 by now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone blocket pockets wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve no scare tactics just common sense
Pockets. BlockItPocket.com offers quality, American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockItPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockItPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. Okay, we have Kat Murdoch, and she's here to talk about the dangerous online world. Yeah, and oh, how yeah. to navigate it with your kids. Yeah. Now, I'm looking here, too, at your organization, mm-hmm. and the board includes A.J. Cook, and she is one of the ensemble players on the Criminal Minds TV show on CBS. Yes. And the former head of the FBI's counterintelligence behavioral analysis program. And I assume in a rough way, Criminal Minds is kind of based on that. So I honestly cannot speak to Criminal Minds. These uh, The board members came about not because of any famous connection per se. Like there's no prior connection that I'm aware of between AJ Cook or Criminal Minds and Robin Drake. There may be, I don't know it. But no, honestly, that's just our uh, executive director slash CEO's like masterful friendship building. He's a wonderful guy who just really wants to do good in the world. And that's an intoxicating person to be around. And so he is friends with a lot of the board members or were friends of friends of theirs and they all jumped on board of this mission with us. But yeah, I definitely, I can't speak to the fact that maybe there's some overlap there or not. So yeah, no, Robin is just a fantastic guy who's really passionate about helping the cause as is AJ, fantastic lady. And then we have um, Neil Fallon, who's the lead singer of the band Clutch is also on the board. So it's just a really empowering mission. And I think it's easy to galvanize people behind it. So how did you first start getting involved in any of these cases. Do you have a first case of any significance that you can tell us about? So I'm not going to go into any specific cases, quite frankly. Uh, Many of them are still closed because, again, so what we do is we provide the research and we turn it over. So we'll comb the internet, we'll find what we can. Sometimes on our website, um, innocentlivesfoundation.org, there's a report a case button. So we've had a handful of parents go on and say, hey, I think that my my children or my child is being groomed. Could you confirm that or deny that or just help us sort through this, you know, jungle again? And so I've worked on a whole gambit of cases. Honestly, I was one of the first researchers onboarded next to our executive director. It's just, it's really fulfilling work. And so all of the cases are really, I mean, they're, they're sad, but I'm happy to be contributing skills to something that is helping people. And we do wind up perusing a lot of social media and trying to figure out where interactions are occurring and where we can stop those interactions. And if those interactions are occurring in similar manners with other children, so to kind of like see how broad that goes. But yeah, so... I'm so sorry. I've lost my train of thought. We were... Well, again, about how your cases begin. And I understand you don't want to mention the case history, but maybe pick a typical type of case. Do all of the cases you investigate come from somebody contacting you and saying, look into this? 
No, not all of them. Um, we do also have a team that goes and looks for um, some behavior online that may signal there is predation happening um, on children in the area. And so in the news recently as a pretty popular example that you had mentioned as well, um, that of this YouTube algorithm malfunction or whatever it is, essentially allowing it to be very easy to find a recommended videos that contain children in situations that predators are very excited about and so will look on YouTube and they're getting all these recommended videos that are also right up their alley. And so oftentimes we will, you know, it's it's a very it's a first step to start combing through these publicly traded, so to speak, aspects of the predatory community, so to speak. Yeah, that, that is a lot. Our cases come at us from a variety of means. And one of them is that we are actively out there looking for this alarming behavior, um, looking for um, activity based around a subset of specific hashtags that are used across social media platforms that really are problematic and put children, the children in the video at risk. Because it's rarely, like, I, I can't imagine a child ever posts a video and thinks about the depths that that viewers are going to in their heads and what they want out of these videos. So yeah, our cases come at us a variety of different means and we use all of our skills on hand to track them down. And social media is a, is a place that parents do have some control over. And it's also a place that predators are looking, looking for easy, easy prey, so to speak, and easy content. Now, I know that some platforms have parental controls, like iOS for iPad, iPhone. There are parental controls where parents can set limits on how long a child can be online and what sites they can visit or not visit. Now, I realize the kids are smart. They can probably break into that. (laughs) Yeah, they probably can. Um, I actually briefly taught, and my fourth graders at the time would run circles around our IT department. Every time they put a new precaution in place, the kids would figure out how to get around it in days. But that is like neither here nor there necessarily when it comes to this kind of thing. Um, Really one of the best things in addition to parental controls is having a constant dialogue and having an open conversation with children about how to properly behave online and what the safe ways to go are. Um, Not only parental controls, but if your kids are on social media, making sure that you have the logins and the passwords to those accounts. And yeah, maybe the kids don't like that, but there are absolutely strategies to make sure that it happens. So making sure that parents retain the login information in addition to parental controls. And then there's an element of education around, I think any kid from here on out is going to have to think about their online identity and what that means to them and a little bit of what they want to put out in the world. And for some kids, that's already happening for them. Their parents put their Im- like their images and their names and their accomplishments online. So there was recently a story about an 11-year-old who Googled herself and was like, oh my gosh, there's all this information out here on me. Um, so I think that it's, you know, there are a couple sides to this coin. So my original train of thought with parents, they need to have conversations with their kids about if you want to put content online, what does the operational security or OPSEC around that look like? Um, Some of the most alarming videos that I saw in this whole YouTube event were that these children are videoing 
at angles that they don't understand. So there may be a lot of a kid's legs in a video, which is a big thing that predators would like to see. Um, and then more terrifyingly, there may be identifying information about their school or where they live in the background. So having parents sit down with their kids and say like, okay, if you're going to be online, it's going to be there forever. So let's talk about, you know, being somewhat of a professional, even at this age, let's have blank backgrounds to report against. Let's make sure that what we're wearing is what we want to have out on the internet. Um, and just going through, it's a big teachable moment for essentially how to help set them up for professional life later. That should absolutely be capitalized on. Um, and then the second side to that coin is making sure as a parent that you don't post things or post them in ways that would make them appealing to a predator. So what comes to mind immediately on both YouTube and honestly, like Instagram are hashtags. And if you do something like hashtag bath time and it's your an adorable photo of your kids in the bath, that is, yes, maybe it's adorable, but if it's public, that's, that's a hashtag that you can search. And now it's, it boils down all of this exactly what the pedophile the predators would like probably want to see so there are lots of things that parents can do to you know help keep their kids safer online and honestly to help teach them proper opsec to navigate their their technological future so to speak one thing to realize i guess is that anything placed online anything that leaves your device and maybe even is on your device, it's very possible somebody will find a way to get to it. It's going to be public. Anything you do online is public. There's no way out of it. Even if you think it's private, it's going to be public. There are ways to get through everything. But let me ask you a question here, too, before yeah. we get on to some other stuff, and we're going to break soon. Yeah. Do you think places like Facebook, in their quest to monetize their users, makes it too confusing to set proper preferences and therefore create situations that parents don't expect. Um, could you maybe elaborate a little bit more on what you mean, how, how, how you, the question about how advertising plays into this? Well, of course, places like Facebook, you're the, you're, the, you're the product they're selling. They're selling you. They want to get your profile, get your information, so their advertisers will send targeted ads to you, want to reach you with promotions, and as a result of which, they get sales and they pay Facebook salary, and right. they pay the money, the, the all the billionaire executives over there get their paycheck. The key is here is that there have been lots of privacy concerns with Facebook, mm -hmm. and maybe it's too easy for parents to make a wrong decision more to come on the tech night owl live thank you for listening to gcn be sure to visit gcnlive.com today Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike it's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget a former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors.
It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off the grid mobile survival bug out house that's well equipped and custom built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family survival to survivalistcamps.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So with Kat Murdoch continuing the question, does a place like Facebook make it so complicated to set privacy that's so easy for parents to fall into the trap believing that their kids are protected and they're not. I think it probably can contribute to that mindset and just circling back to a point that you made earlier in that even if you believe that what you've put on Facebook is protected, if you put content on the internet, even if you think you've done it like only me on Facebook, you know, there's like a setting that you can go and say, I only want myself to be able to view this photo. If it is on the internet, there is no, in my opinion, reasonable expectation of privacy at that point. Even if no other person on that same platform sees that image at a minimum, the company that owns the platform has it. So I think absolutely that the privacy settings can be confusing. I don't trust some of the larger platforms with data, even if I am on there. And I do think it can be very arduous and challenging for parents to enter into this world and say, you know, if they don't have a firm understanding themselves, how do they protect their children? But I think at the end of the day, technology is evolving all around us all the time. We learn new things about these platforms every day. Platforms, honestly, in some way, and this is not a defense of them, but they're learning things about themselves. We don't know where we're going to be in two years and five years and where the data we put online will be. So I think a safe assumption is if you put anything online, assume it is public um, because we just don't know. Start with the basics. You know, if, if you think a photo or an image, if you think your kid at 25 may not want that online, maybe don't post it. Maybe save it in your own album. Do something else with it. Because I do, I, I do believe that it can be really hard. And if you, if you don't feel you have a firm understanding of what it is, the actions you're taking, how would you teach those things to your children? That's not to say not to do them, just to make sure we're all thinking through it and that the discussion continues as technology evolves around us. 
Well, of course, in the old days, when I was young, and I'm a lot older than you are, I suspect, we took a photo. That photo went on film. The film was developed, unless we had a Polaroid camera. And therefore, only the processing group or processing company would have access to that photo. And even then, I guess there was always the possibility somebody there would get the photo. But for the most part, it was private. That photo didn't go anywhere you didn't want to place it. As soon as it became a digital file, it became something other people might be able to access. Now, we understand there are different levels of encryption. Apple has, for example, encryption built into the iPhone and the iPad that obviously police departments can't get into, as we we recall with a certain instance involving a terrorist attack in San Bernardino, California. But when it gets up to iCloud, when that photo leaves your iPhone or iPad and is up in the cloud, it's available. Somewhere, somehow, somebody can get it. Legitimately, if Apple gets a summons, a subpoena from a law enforcement agency, they will give them the information. It goes to show there are probably ways to get that information from the cloud. So as soon as that thing leaves your device, there's a danger. Someone will find it. Well, honestly, the second it's on your device, quite frankly, because using social tech, like social engineering techniques, you can elicit passwords, login information, what have you, like credentials from an individual. And, you know, once you involve your children, if maybe they have your password or if your password is the same password you've used on other sites and that site was breached, now somebody has your iCloud password and they can just access your photos that way. So, yes, absolutely. I think that we, you know, underscore the point that if it is on a device and that device is connected to the internet or you're using somebody, a cloud provider, then it's absolutely but there's a potential it will get out there. That, that, that potential may not be very high depending on where you are putting it, but you just don't know at that point. So I don't want to be a doom and gloom person, quite frankly, <laughs> even though it's so easy to get that way in this industry. I think it is constantly, it's a learning exercise. And will we, will we get it right every time? Probably not. But if we can experiment with ourselves and not our children and fight to keep our children safe and make sure that you have their login information, make sure you're, you're reviewing the content that they're posting, uh, make sure you're monitoring engagement with that content, and you just constantly keep that critical thinking cap on that, that is one of the best ways forward. I guess it also gets harder as the kid becomes a teenager. And the first thing they want to do is decide that everything their parents say and do is wrong. Yeah. Yeah, probably. (laughs) But again, having like starting those dialogues early, making sure that they understand the risks to the best of their ability and the best of the parents' ability of putting themselves out there and just acknowledging, you know, as much as they can to get the kids to admit that what I find valuable at 16 may not be what I find valuable at 26 is a big step forward. I would love to see a cultural shift in the discussions around online security, online safety, especially that surrounding young people, because hopefully they could be getting, you know, positive reinforcement and good lessons from people who are not just their parents, maybe other respected individuals that they turn to for moments of guidance in high school. And hopefully, you know, in an ideal world, we're training enough young kids to think this way that hopefully they're monitoring each other thinking at some point in the future, maybe this is not a great idea. You know, let's not post this picture with the image of our school in the background at a minimum. But again, hopefully they're they're young people still. And I hope that the parents can foster some sort of relationship with them that still allows them to have open dialogue, even when it gets challenging. 
Now, you mentioned earlier several times social engineering, which basically is to fool somebody into doing something they wouldn't ordinarily do. What kinds of social engineering do you find in this particular instance? Child predators. Let me take a quick step back and say, let's separate it out a little bit because social engineering isn't just fooling people. Um, for example, for work, we use it in ways and we maintain a model motto that is leave others feeling better for having met you. So there is a way to essentially influence people into wanting to do what you, that you want them to do. And to a certain scary extent, you can see that from predators. They're trying to encourage or find children who are in vulnerable points in their life. Maybe they aren't close with their parents and the the predators befriend them in a way that makes the kids think that they are all on the same page. But what the predators are doing that we don't do, at least in our professional worlds, like specifically the company I work for, is that the predators do manipulate them. They control the environment. They, you know, choose who they may be seen as. So a predator may be online as an 11-year-old girl or whatever. And so they are manipulating the child into thinking certain ways about them. And that's where it's really dangerous online. But when we say we use social engineering techniques, we're not necessarily interacting. The social engineering mindset is broader. It involves looking at who a person is, what motivates them, how do they interact and where might they be online. So from the ILS perspective, we use these skills to essentially profile and figure out the patterns of the people that we're researching and also the patterns of the children to make sure like if, if somebody the child is missing, you know, can we establish a pattern of their activities to find them? It's, it's a broad term that can often be simplified into just fooling somebody, but there's a lot more nuance to it and a lot of different ways that it can be used, definitely depending on the party. Does that help clarify a little bit? I think it does. I think one of the common tricks that predators will use is they will pretend that they are a fellow student. Mm-hmm. So if the student is 14 years old, they will pretend that they too are 14 years old and they're maybe they go to a neighboring school. Maybe they are in the same school and they're trying to, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. They fake it. They pretend to be someone who you'd accept as a friend. Yeah, you can't see them. You don't know who's typing behind that computer. No. Yeah, you definitely don't. They, they like child. Yes, absolutely. Predators will pretend to be someone they're not online, which to an extent is, yes, a social engineering technique. And some signs to look out for are if like your child is getting many, many messages from people you don't know, if the child is secretive about those messages. You know, if you get a chance to look at those messages, like, are they asking questions about if your kid is alone? Are they sending sexually explicit messages? Um, so yeah, so if you get a chance to look at those messages from your child, you know, are there sexually explicit ones in there or are there even, even on a more, much more minor scale, are there questions about wardrobe? Um, are they trying, or is, is the person communicating with your child trying to get extra personal information out of them? Are they asking where they live? Um, and are they asking or manipulating or blackmailing your kid to send them photos? Um, let's do you know, a so, break here. Got more. Yeah. Um, Kat Murdoch, Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. 
And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercial, just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Ted Anderson telling you about Jordan Rubin's Beyond Organic Green-Fed Raw Cheddar Artesian Cheese featuring whole milk created through ancient dairy breeding, unpasteurized, untreated whole milk on the same farm the cows graze, containing natural sources of omega-3s, CLA protein, calcium, probiotics, and enzymes. I have never tasted cheese this good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the mineral doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for life too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So Kat's talking to us here about the techniques online predators may use to fool someone into believing, well, their peers, something else. Now, I would assume here that the predator, amongst their hateful tendencies, they have to understand how their prey acts in order to succeed in doing their nasty stuff. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, and I, I want to be careful with my words here, but oftentimes from our research, what we notice is that the predators believe that they truly, like many of them believe they truly love children, but they don't take into the account that they're young people who don't fully understand the world and therefore the predators are doing exactly that. They're preying on this innocence and lack of knowledge. So Yes, predators may be disguised online, but predators may also not be interacting with your child and ripping videos down if you post them to YouTube. There are so many different flavors, it's hard to categorize them in one bucket, but they absolutely know their prey um, because they're very invested in it. And it is a time-consuming endeavor to groom someone. So they are very well-versed in what these children like, what they're going for, and how to how to get them to do what they want them to do. Um, a really terrifying example of this is that from an adult perspective, you see online challenges, you know, like a, like a workout challenge or a yoga challenge. And so these are things that are societally accepted right now, but then you get those being marketed at children and, you know, maybe a kid wants to join in a very valid adult yoga challenge, but sometimes there are, well, you'll find these quote unquote challenges online that are twister challenges. Who do we think made up that idea? <laughs> and there's one that's like, can you do this action that may be, it's, it's called a popsicle challenge. And essentially it's, can you perform an action on this popsicle that represents, you know, a darker, more sexual action. And so children embrace these and they're definitely the beneficiaries of these quote unquote challenges are not the children. They are the people who started them who are likely predators. So and they, they do that. They know, like the predators do know that children want to play, like playing Twister or they like popsicles. So they're absolutely using their knowledge of children to, to communicate with them on a more intimate level. And that's absolutely something to be wary of as an adult. Now, can you give us any case histories here of how you turn the suspicious conduct into action? Um, honestly, we document all of it that we possibly can. We try and build a compelling body of evidence, um, making connections through someone's online life. And then it's not our job anymore. We turn it over to law enforcement and we only go through the proper channels and we we never want a false accusation. We never want, you know, this is this is serious stuff. It's it's damaging to kids and it needs to end, but we don't want to go through channels that can't actually promote positive change. So we 100% let all of the action be taken by law enforcement. We only do research and we just pass it over their way and hope that, you know, it's, it's helpful. Now, being a hacker, does that help you find the real identity of this predator? 
Um, I mean, the mindset absolutely does. Uh, and that is, you know, part of why the organization was started um, in the community uh, of hackers and information security. It gives us not only, you know, cl clearly it gives us the, hopefully the ability to give tangible, actionable advice to parents and concerned parties who want to be able to help. So from the privacy side, we have that experience. And then from our job side, absolutely, like making connections between multiple um, like activities on the internet is something that we are accustomed to doing for our work. So we apply that here and it is that logical thinking and ensuring that you're following a a provable train of thought. And so absolutely that mindset that got us interested in our jobs is helpful in our work with the nonprofit. And that is not to say though that people from outside of the industry can't don't don't have those skills and couldn't contribute in really valid ways um, or couldn't switch careers if they wanted to because many people are looking at information security and IT as a career move um, regardless of you know where they've come out of. So that's awesome and inspiring and you know, if you're if this work kind of work interests you, absolutely check us out on our website, which is the innocentliesfoundation.org. We're looking for donations because we are a nonprofit and constantly looking for help. And if you have the if you're intrigued by the hacker mindset or if you also like to find find clues, so to speak, then maybe this work is for you. But it absolutely our professional work helps helps our ability to do the nonprofit work. Okay, the, I think the main question here is, if somebody is, this person is anonymous, we don't know who it is, how do you trace it down? Um, so I, I, I'm not going to broadcast that on the air because it w could help it could help people defend against our work. And that's not necessarily what we're going for right here. You know, we're, we're trying to be part of the solution to the problem and help the parents structure it, but we're not necessarily in the business of telling somebody how to, how, telling a potential predator how to clean up their trail online. Um, and it's also, it's extremely, it, it is detail oriented work and no two cases are ever the same. So you might use some strategies that you used in a past in a past case, um, that apply or don't apply to future cases. So every single case is its own beast, um, and and no two are exactly alike. And mostly, we use you know like a lot of open source intelligence investigative techniques to track down the activity through through the internet. And other than that, I probably won't get into more specifics because again, I don't I don't want to help the other side defend against our ability to find them. Without obviously revealing any details, and I understand you don't want to reveal your technique. So obviously you can't tell because then the predator will know what to do and what not to do to escape detection. Mm -hmm. In general, the ways they do it on TV, is that even authentic? Uh, generally, anything you see on TV when it comes to hacking is pretty inauthentic. <laughs> Um, there are a couple of shows out there that hire the proper consultants. So if you wanted to see, you know, like some, some potentially semi-real hacking, they're, they're out there, but they're not necessarily in this vein. Uh, season one of Mr. Robot had pretty good hacking, um, pretty, pretty good accurate representations. They hired some amazing consultants to help with that season. Um, and there's a show called Le Bureau, which is on Sundance, and it's multilingual. It's a very amazing show. But they do a decent job of sticking to the realism that is information security and hacking. But in general, most of the things you see are over-dramatized and not how it works or inaccurate. 
to say the least. <laughs> that answers it. So as most of you know, a one-hour TV show is actually 43 minutes plus the commercials. Of course, a lot of us are so busy skimming through the commercials, fast-forwarding through the commercials, that we don't appreciate what goes into those things. But that's how it works. Therefore, they've got to give you a three-act play. They've got to have something to hold your interest, like a small cliffhanger before it resumes after the commercials so you continue to watch. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We all have heard about the benefits of fish oils, but what about the presence of heavy metals, PCBs, dioxins, furans, and other contaminants found in fatty tissues of fish? GCNteam.com recognizes this risk and offers IFOS certified tested omega-3 fatty acids. EPA, DHA, insist on IFOS omega-3 fatty acid certification. Get the best at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Special counsel Robert Mueller's team tells a federal judge because former campaign chief Paul Manafort repeatedly lied, they don't recommend leniency when he is sentenced next month. The sentencing memo describes years of criminal behavior. He lied and misled his bookkeepers and lawyers. He also lied to members of Congress, the special counsel, and the grand jury. And he misled members of the Trump administration. Venezuelan National Guard fired tear gas and rubber bullets at protesters trying to free up emergency food and medicine at the country's border. When a group of activists tried to get three flatbed trucks with humanitarian supplies into Venezuela, guardsmen set the trucks on fire. At a rally in Caracas, President Nicolas Maduro threatened the United States, saying if it attacks, his army will retaliate. You're listening to USA Radio News. Money! 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 Money. You gotta have it. When you need it, what do you do? If you don't have a rich uncle, call LendingTree. With us, hundreds of banks compete for your business, so you'll get loans with competitive interest rates, and in some cases, with no closing costs. So here's the deal. If you need money, call us. Do you want to refinance your current loan? Are you 62 or older and interested in a reverse mortgage? Then call LendingTree now. 800-634-1315. 800-634-1315. We've closed over $250 billion in loans. We know what we're doing and can help you. Call right now for a free quote. 800-634-1315. 800-634-1315. 800-634-1315. That's 800-634-1315. NMLS number 1136. 
Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So we have Kat Murdoch, and we're talking here about combating the problem with child predators. And she is associated with the Innocent Lives Foundation. Now, you mentioned the first season of Mr. Robot. Now, Rami Malek, the star there, did you expect him in passing to become the actor to portray Freddie Mercury? Oh, I would not have, but I love I love Rami Malek so much. He's such an amazing actor, so I'm not surprised he went on to do bigger, amazing things. He did an amazing job throughout all the Mr. Robot seasons, but this, the season one is definitely, if you're looking for semi-authentic TV hacking, I'd say watch season one. But yeah, Rami Malek is amazing. <laughs> well, the thing also you saw about this, it was a serialized drama that the entire plot line plays out through a full season of like 12, 10, 12 episodes. Now, part of the issue here is that when you watch a procedural that gets everything wrapped up in 43 minutes, everything has to be compressed. The search has to be compressed. What might take days or weeks in a routine investigation has to happen within that time frame. Just like the original Law and Order, right. you had the arrest in the first 21 and a half minutes and the full trial in the next 21 and a half minutes. Yeah. And this ran on for 20 years. They got away with it. Yeah. Absolutely have to like shrink it down and dramatize it. I'm just, in general, most TV portrayals of hacking are not accurate, e- even controlling for the necessary short time, <laughs> if that answers the question. I remember the scene in True Lies, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie with Mm -hmm. Tom Arnold, and they had this guy there who was the hacker. Mm -hmm. And there's a line there where he's trying to get some information from a site, and he says, well, this is encrypted. It will take a few minutes. Now, Mm -hmm. wait a minute. If something is encrypted, protected, it may take them months. But in a movie, you know, two minutes, done. Yeah, you just don't know. It definitely depends on the level of encryption and what they're doing and yeah, I don't have a lot of faith in movies to set that up in in accurate ways. But that's not to say it hasn't happened. There are some great, great hacker movies out there. And then there are some really terrible ones. <laughs> Definitely really terrible ones. Now, the other thing we see in terms of predators doesn't necessarily relate 
to a hacker the scenes where a van pulls up at a school and grabs a kid and leaves. Mm -hmm. And obviously that doesn't enter into the picture here unless that predator was in touch with the child. Yeah, I mean, that's not really the, I mean, like my brain goes to this place where there are scenarios in which that person could be affiliated with the work we're doing. But no, I mean, it is like from a, from a parenting, from the, from the mission that we are working through and from a, what solutions can parents have, that scenario doesn't super apply. The scenario we are more accustomed to seeing is that, um, yeah, a kid and a predator have been forming a relationship online and then that child is is convinced to go and meet the person and leave with the person and then that is a whole you know more terrifying world of compliance essentially so you know bottom line is parents like be aware of what your kids are doing online don't be afraid to push into that area of their life have discussions on you know, positive and wise operational security from an early age. Don't disclose, don't let your kids disclose information about where they are, who they are in the background of what they're sharing and make sure that you retain control over their devices. And that's not to say, you know, exercise too much control, but always be monitoring, monitor what they're, what's being posted, monitor who's commenting on those posts and make sure that, you know, we should all be making sure that we can do what we can to keep the younger generation safe. Now, is there any telltale sign, maybe there isn't, any telltale sign where a child's in touch with somebody thinking it's another child, maybe even at the same school, when it's really an adult? Anything there that would help the child or the parents see what's going on? Um, I mean, so again, so I, I touched on these earlier, but there are six signs of grooming, which are sending your kid many, many messages. Is, and then tell, having your kid want to keep this a secret or having the predator tell them to keep it a secret. Um, predators will often ask questions to see if a child is alone in a room. They will send sexually, like, potentially sexual messages that could be disguised as like, you know, compliments or questions about a, a past experience. Uh, past sexual experience even um the predators may try to get personal information from the child and then manipulate the kids into sending photos back um often the goals of the predators are online sexual abuse or content so they want the kids to provide them with the things that they that excite them so images um words or and then the other option is that they want to meet in real life um so those are generally the goals of a predator. And if they're operating in this online sphere, they're going to be looking for photos. They're going to be looking for kids to participate in activities using like a webcam potentially, or just their smartphone or sending illicit Snapchats and then engage in sexual conversations, things that the predators are going for. Um, and some signs the parents should look for where this is concerned, where, where, where this is concerned is like, is your kid being secretive about who they're talking to? Um, are they unusually distracted or preoccupied with thoughts or with their phone? Uh, they may withdraw. The kids may withdraw because they're being psychologically manipulated by somebody on the other end of their phone. Uh, they might appear quieter or sadder and have some mood swings. And then they don't want to be detached from this person who is ingraining themselves in their life. So the kids will probably not want to turn their phone off. Um, and if they have to, it may make them extra worried or extra stressed out. So those are all things that parents can look for. Um, those are, you know, the six signs of, 
how predators may be manipulating your child. And then those are the two main goals is online sexual content and online sexual abuse or meeting in real life. And does that help flesh that out for you a little bit? Okay. Let's maybe get beyond that. The other question is here, are these predators picking kids at random? Do they know that this particular person is in a place they could reach? How do they find their victims? I honestly, I, I, I can't speak directly to any specific predator or any specific, um, I think, I think the, I think the goals would range depending on the predator's specific goals uh, themselves, like what they want to see. And so, you know, the low hanging fruit is just cruising through social media and looking at hashtags that may appeal to them or getting stuck in an algorithm that continues to feed them the content that they want to see. Um, so I, I can't really speak too much to how they're picking their victims other than that they're definitely going to be looking for kids who have vulnerabilities, who may not have a strong support system, who don't have adults to turn to in moments of distress and who are, um, maybe trying to, you know, figure out how to find themselves. So, and that's not to say that those are the only the only kids that are targeted, you know, and it's not to say anything about the parents. If you're worried your kid is being targeted, it, you know, be open, communicate, come to us for help, report a case. But oftentimes, you know, the, the predators are looking for people who are easily manipulated and they're going to look for easily available content. So content that's put out there willingly. And then if there's targeting specific kids, they'll look for specific kids who may be open to, um, maybe open to forging a new bond outside of their their immediate family and friends. And also, I, I suppose it's possible here that it may be innocent, but a particular family will put their location, what city they're in, mention what school they went to, kind of give clues out to where they're located and where their kids might be located. It's still, of course... I, d- I just don't understand how they would know if that predator is in Chicago, on the south side of Chicago. Just a crazy example. How does that person know that the person found in a chat room is also from that area, a place to which they can travel easily? More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product, Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. It's time to join the Tahibo Tea Club. Tahibo Tea comes from the inner bark of the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. The Tahibo tree never gets sick, never gets infected, and never gets infested. As a result, it contains antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. Tahibo Tea can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening condition due to infection, diabetes, or cancer. Tahibo Tea is available for only $34.95 per pound plus shipping. One pound makes 300 servings, which is only 12 cents per cup. Dial 818-883-7222 or buy online at drinksupertea.com. All orders ship immediately the same day. Call now, 818-883-7222. That number again, 818-883-7222 or buy online at drinksupertea.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will... You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So Kat Murdoch is with us. There are things she can't say about what she does. And the, one of the reasons is obviously we, she doesn't want to have predators listen and work around that technique. But then again, this is the question here. How would a predator know that the victim they found, unless they just take chances, is close enough they can travel to that person? Oftentimes, these predators are highly, highly motivated, and distance isn't going to be a limiting factor for them. So 
they don't know that. And again, there are multiple goals. There are two main goals of a predator, and one of them is just online sexual abuse. And the other is meeting in real life. So they may not care if they're nearby, or they may be willing to travel, or they may just be going for that long distance online, like constant feed of sexually explicit information from children via the internet. So I don't know of a scenario where distance is the primary consideration of a predator probably at least within your user base. So even if they're not going to meet someone and do something nasty, they could be trading photos. Exactly. Yes. Again, yeah, there are two main goals. And one of them is just like getting that online sexual content from the child in the age range of their choice. Bear in mind that if a child is in a relationship with somebody who wants that and they send sexually explicit words or sexually explicit pictures or just elusively, you know, alluding pictures, that someone else now has those. Someone now has the ability to blackmail that child. Someone now has insight into them that they should not have that is not age appropriate. And so, yes, absolutely, online predation that stays in the digital realm is a goal of some predators. Are there surveys as to whether more boys than girls are subject to this or it doesn't matter? So currently, I think that the the statistics are essentially that one in five girls and one in 20 boys is a victim of child sexual abuse. So it's not a gender specific issue. It is children across the board. And yeah, I've, I've definitely worked cases where it's where it's either like it does not not in any child is someone's preference. Specific age groups. I don't have the granular details to say, you know, what percentage of what age groups are sexually abused. Of course, even if it's a 14 or 15 year old girl, that's under the age of consent. If they're under 18, they're still children. Oh, even though technically in some states, they could marry under 18, but it has to be, it would be done with the parents' approval. And once that happens, it's a totally different kind of picture. Like Loretta Lynn was what, 14 when she was married? Mm, I honestly don't know, but yeah, young. Yeah. It's also, I think from a personal standpoint, I remember like who I was at 18 is not who I am now. Those decisions follow you and um, parents aren't always advocates for their children. And hopefully everyone listening is, and I, I, I give, you know, I give everyone the benefit of the doubt, but absolutely that like children are often victim are almost always victim of adult decision-making, whether, you know, whatever that, is, whatever that means to them. So I hope that we can all work to improve and do what we can to protect the children in our lives, the children who come into our lives and you know, make those statistics. I'd love to see those statistics better in 10 years and 20 years than they are today and than they were a decade ago. So the ultimate goal of this organization with which you're working, the ultimate goal of the Innocent Lives Foundation is basically to put themselves out of business so they don't have to do this sort of work. We would love that. I mean, it's also worth noting that we are not a business. We are a nonprofit. So <laughs> we would love nothing more than to not have to do this <laughs> if it wasn't a problem. But unfortunately, it is. And, you know, we don't want to see any child abused or having to face something that they're not emotionally or mentally ready for. You know, and we, we're, we're here to do our small part in making sure we can take care of that problem through the proper channels. Now, if a parent suspects this, an online predator, did go to the local police or the FBI or what? Um, so oftentimes, some of the issues is that lo- if there's not enough evidence, 
the local law enforcement may not be able to pursue it. They're all pretty underwater. So absolutely see if your local law enforcement can help. Um, but you can always go to our website and report a case. It's the innocentlivesfoundation.org. And we will do what we can and we'll work with your law enforcement if it comes to that to see what we can do to help. But yeah, absolutely. Like see if, you know, work closely with law enforcement. We are not about, we're not, we do not promote going out of band necessarily like to, to take matters into your own hands, definitely go through the proper channel and help you. We're here to do so. So feel free to use that report a case button. Do you have any figures of how many cases you've actually been sent and how many you've closed by sending it to the police? Uh, we, I mean, we don't, honestly, we're not kept updated on a lot of the cases once we hand them over. It's not our, not our domain. <laughs> we just supply the intel. Okay. If someone reports a case to you, and yeah. obviously there may be someone out there who will contact you who's listening to this show, how long does it take for them to expect some kind of meaningful answer? Uh, I mean, I, I, I will respond quickly. A meaningful answer, we can't make any promises towards that you know like it definitely depends on the situation definitely depends on what's happening and but we will respond and acknowledge them as quickly as we can something like this can probably take weeks it's not 43 minutes like a tv uh, show it's the real down and dirty work yeah i mean i cannot get i can't give you a time range but you know we, we work diligently with a team of volunteers right now so we we work very hard on all the cases we're sent, but every case is different. Every timeline is different, and uh, the availability of information is different. So I really can't quote a, an estimate of a time range. And the point, once again, is if you hear vacation in the newspaper, you'll never know if the Innocent Lives Foundation was responsible for the initial information that pinpointed a perpetrator. Yep, you will not know, and we're okay with that. Where we would rather solve a problem than have people know that we're solving a problem. Take your time with this answer. If our listeners want to get in touch with the Innocent Lives Foundation, either to report a problem, and we hope they won't have to have that need, or to help out, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. We would love to hear from you. You can follow us on Twitter if you're just interested in staying up to date with our content and our mission. That's at Innocent Org on Twitter. And then come visit us on our website. It's the InnocentLivesFoundation.org. That's multiple lives. <laughs> so I-N-N-O-C-E-N-T-L-I-V-E-S Foundation.org. We are a nonprofit, so we survive solely on donations. Please, you know, if, if this mission speaks to you or speaks to someone you know, share information. And then we also, I'm not sure what the status of our hiring a volunteer or onboarding of volunteers looks like right now, but feel free to check that out. I know that we're looking for, you know, kind of all tiers of the organization, depending on the time of year. So, you know, web development, fundraising, whatever you have, if you want to help out, come to our website and we'd love to have you. And if you want to donate, we definitely would love that. And if we can help you with something, use that report a case button. You can find us on Twitter. Also look for Tech Night Owl. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. If you want to find where Gene Steinberg is, I still have the red plaid shirt that you see me on. It's not the most recent picture. Go to Facebook, okay, and you'll find Gene Steinberg. We also have another radio show called The Paracast, where we explore the strange, we explore the unknown at theparacast.com. But the best way to support this show 
is to become a member of Tech Night Owl Plus. For more information, go to plus.technightowl.com. That is plus.technightowl.com. What do we offer? Well, we offer you the version of this show free of the network ads. You know, I was telling Kat about the typical TV show is 43 minutes plus ads. Our show is two hours and 39 minutes plus the news breaks when it's broadcast. But with a membership in Tech Night Owl Plus, you get the show without the ads in better quality audio, higher bit rate. Give you all that for a modest price starting at just $1.49 a week. As a magazine once said, our price, cheap. Again, plus.technightowl.com for more info. Plus.technightowl.com. A special, special thank you for Kat Murdoch for doing the wonderful work at the Innocent Lives Foundation. Thank you so much for joining us this week on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.